Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Night Bible Study. We are currently in our series, Knowing the Ways of God. Tonight is part two. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your mercy, for your loving kindness. Thank you so much, Jesus, for what you did. You bore our sin, our sickness and disease. You bore our grief, our sorrow, our poverty. We thank you, God, for becoming the curse for us. Because you became the curse for us, we can be the righteousness of God. We can be the healed of the Lord. We can live in joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for this freedom that your blood, your son shed, freed us. We thank you, Father, for this freedom. We are redeemed. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Now, let's get into this. We're talking about the power of God and how to become skillful with working with the power of God. We've talked about natural power and how natural power does not automatically work. We have to take certain steps to cause our natural devices to work, like our computers, our phones, our blow dryers, our drills, all of those things. Even when you get into a car, the car doesn't automatically go down the road. You have steps that you have to take to get the car started so it will operate the way it was created to operate and be a benefit and blessing to you. So it's the same with the power of God. We must learn how to actually contact, store, and conduct the power of God. And I talked about Thomas Edison and um, Benjamin Franklin and some of those who spent hours in the lab researching natural power, uh, the lightning power, how to contact that, store it, and then conduct it. So we've been talking about that. So the statement that I left off last week was this. If you want to be healed, you have to get interested in how the healing power operates. Some folks just want God to dump what they need on them, to dump their supply on them, to dump their health on them, and they get offended at God because he doesn't. And I talked about how God's power is so great, it has to have laws that govern it. God has put in his body those who have learned and become skillful with the laws that govern God's power. Just like there are people in the earth, like Thomas Edison and Benjamin Franklin and the rest that searched out the power, they were interested enough to search it out, and then they have taught. And to this day, people are still teaching about how this natural power works, and we are benefited from that today. And I talked about how you need to be a student of those who know the ways of God. It's not enough to know the will of God, but you have to know His ways. And so tonight, starting with part two, if we're interested in having God's power, we must learn his ways. The will of God is the healing. It's to heal us. But we have to learn the ways of healing. So if you have sickness in your body, if you have difficulty in your body, if there's a handicap in your body, God wants you healed. That's his will. And it's up to us to go to the same word that shows us his will and learn his ways. So you have to learn how healing power flows, how it is received, and how to cooperate with it. Just like there are teachers in the earth to teach about natural power, there are a lot of the previous generations who would have loved to have had the power that we have today, but there was no one in that generation who was interested enough to search it out, so they had to do without no one then had taken the time to learn it or had knowledge. And because of that, there wasn't anyone to teach the people. And so they had to do without. Aren't you glad for the fivefold ministry gifts? God gives us teachers, evangelists, pastors, prophets, apostles to teach us. 
the ways of God, to teach us how to be skillful with the power of God. So it's your job to find a teacher and stay with them until you learn the laws that govern this great power. So you can't sit at home and learn all that God has for you. In other words, you can't say, well, I'm going to, I'm not going to go to church today. I'm just going to pull it up and watch him on live Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. You can't sit at home and learn all that God has for you and watch TV online. You have to get in a local church and get under a pastor who teaches the word, ideally a pastor who is growing in skill himself. Because if your pastor is not skillful, you're not going to come into the skill you need for your life in ministry. It's important where you go to church and who your pastor is. Aren't you thankful we have access to many places? By the way of technology, we can access people who have greater skill. Now, in Pastor Nancy's church, in her ministry, I never learned really anything about evangelism. That's not taught real heavy there. There's a lot that is taught heavy, and I've learned. But because I didn't get that there, I went online and got somebody that I just grabbed my spirit, and I began to watch him. And I know you know who I'm talking about. His name slips my mind. But that's where I got a lot of my knowledge and revelation regarding evangelism and the proper way to evangelize in an urban area. Pastor um, Armin helped as well regarding this. So it's wonderful that we have access, this technology where we can access YouTube and find um, someone that's more skilled uh, in things that where we lack skill. So that is a great blessing. Back in the day, when uh, Miss Sherry said this uh, when she was teaching on Sunday, um, it is amazing all of the technology and how the word is so readily available today. Back in the day, it just wasn't like that. We just, I was so hungry and I would just long for a teacher who could teach me something more than I already knew. And I spent much time with the Lord seeking God myself, but still so longed for fellowship with people who were hungry for the deeper things of the spirit like me. And I remember getting Creflo Dollar uh, and, and Kenneth Copeland, they were TV ministers. That was all I really had available to me that could teach me more than I actually knew. And I would watch them on the, the Internet, but it would be, you know, via a phone line. We didn't have um, all this fast stuff back then. And I remember sitting watching, and it took about an hour for a half-hour program to play. And, of course, uh, Joyce Meyer then came later on the Internet. But so it, I was so hungry, and today it's so readily available and so that's why we teach this next generation coming up, you know, and take advantage of that, utilize that, utilize that. And I'm not saying when you go to YouTube, you can't just listen to anybody you see there. You have to be selective and and uh, of the spirit, know who's not quite right for you, because doctrine is not always right. You can pull up Christian television, and there's a lot of different things that said. You just have to discern what is on and what's not for yourself, see? So... So it's wonderful that we can access the Internet and get this stuff. When God delivered his people out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery, the Bible says that people knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. Uh, you see, I want to know the ways of God, not just the acts of God, but the ways of God. Again, people knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. For example, a world-renowned artist, when you see something he painted, you see his acts. But if that artist were to invite you to his studio and he paint in front of you, you would see his ways, all the steps that he took. You will see how he did it, and once you see it, 
Once you see how he did it, you can, in a measure, produce something similar by learning his ways. Well, God invites us to know his will and his ways. His will is his acts, but I want to know his ways. When you know his ways, you can cooperate with him and get results every time. Children, they don't know the ways of a car. You know, the little, the little toddlers, they love the idea of operating a car. And they'll stand up behind the steering wheel and they'll jerk that steering wheel back and forth. But the car is not operating for them because there are other things that you have to know about driving a car other than just steering it. Yeah. Most cars today, you have to push the brake before it even starts. See, a little toddler doesn't know the ways of operating that car. So we have to know how to operate the different things, how to take those necessary steps to make the natural power benefit us. How much more in God's realm? And you've heard me say it before. When I walk into a room, the light doesn't just automatically come on. Now, I understand technology today. A lot of offices are set up that way because people walk out and forget to turn the light off. So it'll go off and then somebody will walk back in and the light pops on. Well, I'm not talking about that. Even so, they had to take necessary steps to get that to operate that way. It just doesn't automatically happen. It's on a system that was created to do that. So my point is this. When I walk into a room, I have to flip the switch if I want light in that room. Well, we have to flip the switch of faith if we want the power of God on our finances, in our health, and in our family. Understand that. So how much more should we search out God's power? How much more in God's realm is it going to take our involvement to get God's power moving for us? God is not hiding anything from us. He wants us to know his ways. He wants us to be skillful at operating with power because he wants his power to bless humanity. And if we are unskillful, people are robbed from the blessing his power could bring. Think about it. If they were unskillful with natural power, we wouldn't be benefited today. Your life needs power. Life is better with power than without power. We have no right to expect his power to operate automatically and then get offended at God when it doesn't operate the way we thought it would, because we don't expect that of the natural realm. His word doesn't just show us his will. It shows us his ways. Here's the deal. People aren't interested enough to search out the word and find his ways so that they can cooperate because they're too busy following their own idea in their own plan. You know, I, I remember this uh, coming to me. William Brennan. I think you've heard me talk about William Brennan. He was back in the 1950s. He had angels that worked with him in the healing ministry, and they would bring brand new parts, and it would be documented by doctors. It was just a phenomenon to the natural world. But that's just the power of heaven and how it works. So anyway, he was not Pentecostal at the beginning. I think he went to a Reformed church or something like that. And he was married and had a little girl. And he was out hunting one day. And he heard uh, some worship and praise going on. And he found a tent where they were having a tent meeting. So he went in there and just sat to listen. And these folk apparently were Pentecostal. And um, they, I guess they knew who he was or whatever. So anyways, they asked him if he wanted to come up and speak. And so he did. You know, he said, he told him, he said, well, I'm not really dressed to, to minister. I'm, I'm in hunting clothes. They said, oh, no problem. Come, come and speak. Give us a word. So they did. He did. 
And he gave such an anointed word. They were now these were Pentecostal people, but William Brendan was not. But he was anointed, and they recognized that. And so they, the pastors, you know, I can just see as I heard the story, the pastors gathering around him, booking him, and setting him up to come and minister in their churches. And so he was so excited about that. And so he went home and he told his wife, and his and his in laws, and his in laws were appalled. They said, No, no, you are not dragging my daughter around the United States going to all these meetings with those kind of people. They are not our kind. We do not socialize with those kind of people. And he listened to them and canceled all of those meetings. He listened to his wife and his in-laws. His wife didn't want to go. His in-laws didn't want her to go and get involved with those kind of people. Understand? So there was a flood in that area. I don't remember how long after William Brennan had canceled that. Please understand, he was in the plan of God on the path that God had created for him. And he canceled the plan of God and listened to his wife and in-laws. Right after that, there was heavy rains, there was a flood, and he lost his wife and his daughter in that flood. Please understand, you listen to the word and you listen to God. You listen to the spirit and the word. You listen to what the spirit is saying to you about the word. William Brennan was on the right path, but his wife was too good. His in-laws felt like they were too good to get involved with traveling ministers or they didn't want their daughter traveling. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's just one story. I don't have time to tell you more. Tim and I are on the same page in ministry. We think the same. So that's a real blessing. And whenever I've said the Lord is saying this, he's just always been right behind me. You all have witnessed that and are witnessing that. Um, but when you come against the plan of God, you see, that's when tragedy comes. That's when tragedy hits your life. When you say, no, I'm not going to be a part of that. Well, if William Brennan would have been strong and said, no, I'm going to follow God. Either you come with me or you don't. Most likely he would have followed God. They would have ended up in a divorce, but the daughter and the wife probably still would have lived. But she didn't have to go. But because he, the man, didn't stand up and say, we're going to do this God's way. I am not going to be led by you, wife. I'm going to be led by God. We're going to do this God's way. Please understand, I'm talking to you about the ways of God. William Brennan got out of the way of God and missed the will of God, and he suffered. If he would have stood strong, at least his daughter could have still lived. You see what I'm saying here? But because he didn't, and he's the head of the house there, uh, he lost them both. Again, that's just one story out of many of those that have went on before us that we could share and use those experiences as object lessons. If you pull up his name on Google, it'll bring him up and there's videos of him telling that story, himself telling it. And so, but from there... So he went on to fulfill the plan of God for his life, and he was a great blessing to the body of Christ for a season. Those who cooperate with the power will experience his power. In every arena that you cooperate with God's power, it is that arena you will experience his power. Some teach that it's all up to God, and they're waiting on him. It's like they're sitting on a cloud, dangling their feet, just waiting for God to do something. They say, well, if God wants me to be healed, he'll heal me. 
It's all in God's timing. If God wants to bless me with that job, he'll bless me with that job. He'll bring it to pass. And they sit there dangling their feet without a care in the world. Meaning this, they're not laying their hand to anything. They're not taking responsibility for their part. And so the enemy loves that. That's exactly what he wants you to think, because then you'll never become skillful with what God has made available to you. Now, Brother Norval Hayes, who just recently went home to be with the Lord, was ministering at this certain pastor's church, and the pastor asked him a question. But he first went on to explain that there was a woman in his church that was a leading figure who died of a fatal disease. In other words, she was somebody everybody respected. She was very involved. He said that he didn't understand, nor did the congregation understand why she died, because they prayed. It was kind of like they were upset with God because she was a leading figure and they felt like God owed her something. Listen, God's best is available for everyone. We don't earn his blessings, but we do have to become skillful to cooperate with his blessings. There is a difference. We are not earning God's power. Power is already available, but it flows for those who become skillful with it and who are hungry to have it. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry to have it. Well, Norval Hayes told the pastor, he said, I don't want to hurt your feelings or hurt the congregation's feelings, but that woman died for one reason. You all didn't know enough. You were ignorant to how God operates. Listen, it is up to us to put away ignorance. It is up to us to seek first God and his kingdom, to seek first his word and the things of the spirit. Yeah, we have to take responsibility to get knowledge so that we are not ignorant in these things. In my hometown a few years ago, there was a woman who was diagnosed with cancer and there was about three churches that were in close fellowship and she attended one of those churches. So those churches just gathered together to pray for her and they just took that burden upon themselves to pray for her that God would heal her and they were trusting God to heal her. And, and um, But the woman got worse and got worse and so she was pretty much on her deathbed when they decided to call this prayer vigil. And I just happened to be home at the time. And so I went to that prayer vigil. I wanted to see how they were doing a prayer vigil. And so when I got there, they were singing worship, which is very appropriate because God gets involved in your worship. You know, he inhabits the praise of his people. So when you begin to praise then what happens is he gets involved in what you're praising him for. However, I wasn't sure if they were praising him for her healing. The woman wasn't there because she was too sick to be there. So let me just say this, that a lot of times we pray for people, but they don't have the faith to receive. They have no ability to receive the miracle or receive the healing. So it's not that your faith isn't working when you're praying for that person. They just don't have the ability to receive. Their faith isn't at that place. They get wore out because of the pain and the doctor's visits and all of the the poking and prodding. They get wore out and, and get discouraged and give up and they go home. And that leaves the people wondering, why didn't God heal her? Why didn't God heal her? Well, let me say this to you. God did heal her. He healed her over 2,000 years ago when he took stripes on his back. That's when he healed her. But if you don't know and understand that, then you will be reaching for healing, reaching for healing, reaching for things that are available already to you. It's a done deal. Well, they didn't know that. And I kind of sense they didn't know that. Because she wasn't there, that led me to believe she probably didn't have the faith to receive. Because if I knew entrusted people to pray and they were having a prayer vigil, I would go. 
I would be there. I would be a part of that because I can be just as sick at home as I can there. So it doesn't matter. I might as well go to this prayer vigil and let him pray over me. But it could be she was tired and she was done. Well, anyway, they worshiped. They said very little about her. There was very few that prayed over her. It was a worship service, and the, the pastor of that church got up and said something about, oh, just soak it in. This is a soaking service. Just soak it in. And I'm thinking, soak it in? I thought you were here to pray for this woman. A prayer vigil is prayer, and they got caught up in worship themselves. And so it kind of became about them and God rather than them and God for the woman. Understand, well, the woman died. Why? Because they didn't have enough knowledge. Just like Brother Norville told them, he said, she died for one reason. You all didn't know enough. So those folk didn't know enough. I'm going to tell you something. It matters what church you go to. It matters who you surround your life with. Because if they don't know anything, they don't know any more than you. They're not going to be able to help you in times of crisis. It matters what church you go to. I'm telling you what. I am so thrilled to be a part of Pastor Nancy Dufresne's ministry, to be a part of her company of believers because they are people of faith. I am very blessed to be a part of the church that my husband and I attend and are members of. There's people there of great faith, and I thank God for that. So I know where to grab if I have a, a, a situation where I need some strength. I know who to pull on. See, you need to know who those faith people are to pull on. Amen. God will not bypass his laws because you have a need. So God didn't bypass his laws and heal that gal because there wasn't, talking about in my hometown, because there wasn't enough knowledge. Listen, cancer was not her issue. A lack of revelation was her issue. And the fact that the people's prayers didn't, didn't seem to work, it wasn't the, a prayer issue. It was their lack of revelation. All they had to do is tap into God and say, God, why isn't this working? And God would have told them, if they have faith to receive. I've been working with a couple regarding their daughter. Their daughter is um, not a Christian. She's involved in unclean practices. And when somebody gets involved in unclean practices, they start losing their mind. They're not able to hold a job down. They're not able to make, um, you know, just normal just regular wise decisions, just regular daily decisions. And they have times of schizophrenia moments and that kind of thing. Well, uh, their daughter had gotten to this point. And so this is an adult daughter. And uh, so I've been working with this couple for about 10 months, praying with them, teaching them how to pray, teaching them how to stand in faith. And they've been uh, got more involved in the church and got involved in our home fellowships. And um, well, 10 months went by and it seemed like this young girl had take just went full circle, went right back to the way she was when we began to pray for her. So I went to God and I said, Lord, well, first of all, before I did that, I sensed that I needed to get the couple busy serving in church because you have to be a tither and you have to serve in your local church. Because if we don't work for God, if we're children who are employed by our Heavenly Father. And if we don't work for Him, we can't expect His power to work for us. And so this couple needs the power of God working for their daughter. And so, so far it had been working to some degree. And so I got them then involved in, now they're starting to serve. And then I said, well, Lord, is there anything else? So what do I say? I didn't suffer along wondering why God wasn't moving because I know this, our faith was working. The power that we released was working, but she was, the young girl was not cooperating with it. And so I said to God, have we done any good Lord? Because it doesn't seem like she's any better. As a matter of fact, full circle and maybe a little bit worse. 
And he said to me, I've kept her alive. He said, the power that you released in prayer has kept her alive. Without that, I could not have reached in and saved her because she hangs out in um, just hellish places with very dangerous people. And so God said, I kept her alive. That means there was opportunity for her to get killed during that time that we prayed for her. See, hallelujah, talking about the power of God. And so he said, I kept her alive. So then I said, well, Lord, is there anything else we need to do? Because up to this point, that couple had followed my instruction to the T. So I thought, well, Lord, is there something else that we need to do? He said, they need to have a three night prayer meeting, meaning that to on two hour shifts, that the prayer does not stop between the two of them through the night, through the day, starting in the morning uh, on, on Wednesday morning and then ending up on Saturday morning. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because talking about how interested you are talking about cooperating with the uh, power of God, knowing what you need to know to help someone. So when I brought it to their attention, you know, they kind of hesitated a little bit. So I let it go for a minute. I thought, well, let me just get them serving in the church first, because you have to be a supply before you can receive a supply. And God was ready to take them to the next step. And so I did that. So I knew that they had filled out the applications and are starting to serve. Well, so then I brought the prayer meeting up again. And I said, remember, I talked to you about a three night prayer meeting around the clock. And so he said, well, oh, well, I forgot about that. And so, I mean, you know, it was kind of overwhelming. So they just were probably thinking maybe she we misunderstood her and we're too chicken to ask. Anyway, so I brought it up again and gave them details two hour shifts. And so she said, oh, that's so overwhelming. We have things we have to do. And I said, more overwhelming than that is your daughter dying and going to hell. And she said, they both perked right up then, see, because they realized how important this is. And so then we set it up. Once they committed to it, then I committed to take a two-hour shift during the night. And I got somebody else to commit to take a two-hour shift because that will give them at least six hours of sleep. And so anyways, and then one night I have three of us taking shifts. So that gives them on almost uh, about an eight hour night sleep. And so then they're just responsible for during the day. Why did I share that? I shared that with this. We have to know enough when it wasn't working. I knew enough to tap into God to find out why. Yeah. And so he gave us more instruction. He wants to give you instruction. He doesn't want you suffering and limping along. Ask him why it doesn't seem to be working. He will be more than glad to tell you what the problem is. Amen. Again, God cannot and will not bypass his laws because you have a need. He so wants you to know his ways. See, we've got to seek him for his ways. He wants us to know his ways. He wants us to cooperate with his power that he put in the book called the Bible. Yeah, all we have to do is go to the Bible and seek out the will of God and the ways of God regarding how to handle, how to contact, store, and conduct the power of God. And then he gives us teachers, pastors, the fivefold offices to teach us about how all of this works. Aren't we blessed to have that? I have great teachers over me that teach me these things. I don't take that lightly. It's a great blessing. People in the church die prematurely because they're not interested. They're not interested to learn how God works. They're not interested to become skillful with his ways. God is not hard about this. He's not harsh about this. This puts every one of us on an even playing field, so to speak. In other words, he didn't heal that woman because she was a leading figure in the church. Understand that. 
People die prematurely because they're just not interested. You have to be interested to seek out why the power of God is not working. When a light doesn't come on in your room, you don't think, well, I don't know what the problem is. I'll just have to suffer along. Maybe I'll just do read my book in the other room where there's more light. No, you search out the power. The first place you check is the light bulb. Did the light bulb burn out? If it's not the light bulb, then you check the breakers. So you start searching out the power to see why something is not working that should be working. Well, I'm at that point. I'm not satisfied to think, well, it must not be working. No, no, no. I say, God, could you show me how it's working? And if there's anything else that I need to do. Amen. So God gives us an even playing field. Hallelujah. It's not about if you are educated enough or have enough money. It's about hunger. And everyone can increase in their hunger, no matter what your social standing is or what country you're in. The power of God will work for you the same if you'll be interested enough to learn God's ways, to learn his word and learn how it operates. God wants his power blessing every one of our lives. He hungers for us to learn his ways, but he cannot do our learning for us. You want your children to succeed, but you can't go to school and learn on their behalf. You can't be educated for them. They have to be educated for themselves. Well, you have to be educated in the word of God's power. You have to learn his ways. It's not enough to know what God wants for you. It's not enough to go to know. It's not enough to know what God wants for you. He wants you healed, but you have to learn how to cooperate with God in order to experience the promise of healing. I'm hungry. That means I'm going to hear the word and take every opportunity to hear and do the word because when the word is worked, it always works. I said, when the word is worked, it always works. The word always works, but emotions never work. When you need something from God, you have to learn his ways. Those who cooperate with his power will receive from the flow of that power. Many think that if God wants something for them, then why doesn't he just give it to them? Why doesn't it just show up? God's power doesn't work automatically. It works on purpose. We have to take purposeful steps to cooperate with God's power to receive of his power. Healing belongs to everyone, but it will only operate for those who cooperate with the healing power. God does not withhold his power from anyone. So let me just deal with this right now, because some folks say that when somebody dies and they can't explain why they died, they say, well, God just took him home. Yeah, yeah. There isn't any place in the Bible that says that God takes people. There is a place where he says, where it says he received a man. Remember when Jesus was on the cross, he released his spirit because God wasn't taking it. God wasn't taking it. So he had to give up the ghost. He had to release his spirit when God received him three days later. God is not taking your loved ones. He's not taking family members. He's not taking anything from us. The reason things are taken from us is because many don't know how to cooperate with the power of God. And our ignorance is an open door for the enemy to get in and steal from us. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can steal the word from you, he can take things from you. 
But God is not a taker. He is a giver. Some say, well, Job said God gives and takes. Well, that was truly spoken, but it was not the truth. Job spoke in error. The word was recording what Job said, not what God said. God didn't say that. A man said that, and he was wrong. But even so, because he stayed in faith, God was able to restore what Job had lost in multiplied fashion. <laughs> Amen. Job did not have revelation of the devil. His doctrine was off. He still was restored in multiplied fashion. Job did not have a revelation of the devil. Jesus came and revealed to us John 10, 10. Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Because up until Jesus said that, men thought God was stealing, killing, and destroying. Jesus came and revealed this realm that men knew nothing about, nor understood. God is the blesser. Aren't you glad about that? Jesus said that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And anything that steals kills and destroys is the work of the devil. God is not a partner with it. He has nothing to do with it. Hallelujah. Then Jesus said, but I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That means it's overflowing. It's dominating. Remember, ha, the river banks, the banks of the river control the river until it rains. And then there becomes an abundance of water. And then the river overflows the banks. Abundance dominates. Hallelujah. But some of God's people accuse him when they lose something. But they really need to take responsibility for their lack of interest in learning how to cooperate with God. They sit at home and don't do anything. They don't go to church, but expect things to go well for them. God only meets faith. Faith is interested in what God is interested in. Be interested in the word of God and learning your spiritual craft. You have to become skillful at your business or your business won't do well. And you can't blame anyone except yourself because it's your lack of skill. Spiritual things are the same way. To be successful, we have to become skillful with spiritual things. We have to become skillful with faith and the nine fruit of the spirit and with the power of God. If we do not receive, it's no one's fault but ours. When people get in offense against God, the devil loves that because now that will hinder them from receiving in the future. To cooperate with the power, you have to think right. If you are thinking wrong, it will hinder the power of God from meeting the need you have in your life. For example, this man worked for a power company and he explained that before they pull the lever to release power, they have to have the right shoes on. They have to make sure there is no water on the floor and they have to step on this rubber mat. And because if you do not follow the steps, you are going to have encounter with power you don't want. Amen. They had weekly training meetings reminding them of the steps. Now, I can I can think about this. If they have weekly meetings explaining the steps, probably those who have been there a while might go to those meetings and not really pay attention. Their mind is not really there because they've heard it so many times. And because they've heard it so many times. Again, their mind is not there, but it could be that there's some new information that they needed to get and they missed it. Understand? In one week, two men got careless and didn't follow all the steps and were electrocuted. Christians in the area said, well, God took them home. And the manager of the company said this, it's amazing how when people cooperate with the steps that we've implemented, God doesn't take near as many of us home. Yeah. When you don't understand you'll say something like that. It's not intelligent to say something just because you don't understand. A lot of times Christians come into church 
and they've heard it before, and they've heard it before, and they've heard it before. If God has your pastor being redundant, which is usually the norm, it's for a reason. It's because he's trying to get something over to you through your pastor, but you're not paying attention. You're not listening. And so you come in. Oh, I've heard that before. Oh, I've heard that before. I don't know why he's preaching the same thing. We've heard it before. No, see, faith always receives. Faith gets excited about hearing it again because faith knows that it comes by hearing and hearing the word. Faith does not come by once heard the word. It comes by hearing it over and over and over again. So don't be so complacent. Don't be casual about the word just because you've heard it before, because there could be something tagged onto that that you need to save your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Pay attention. Talking about the power of God. In other words, people blame everything on the Lord, but it's based on what you do. It's based on you remembering the right thing in what you're doing. Crying is not the way of faith. Getting in the emotional arena is not faith. It's not the way of God. God's way is we receive by faith. Ephesians 2.8. God meets faith. We have to take steps of faith. If you think wrong, it's going to hinder your faith life. It will injure your faith to think wrong. It's not just about having faith. We must realize our faith is connected with the way we think. Thinking wrong leads to believing wrong. If you'll think right, you'll believe right. Amen. Now, next week, we're going to get into Colossians 1, 12 and 13. Just give me a minute to touch on this. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. So we see here that when we give thanks to the Father, that makes us able to be partakers. Amen. 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So you notice it says, who hath delivered. So it's a done deal. We don't have to keep reaching for deliverance. We don't have to keep reaching for things because we hath been delivered. Understand from the power of darkness, he hath translated us into the kingdom. So we're going to talk about how we have been translated from one kingdom to another. And now there's a new Lord in a whole new system. And we have to renew our mind to how to cooperate with this Lord and his system. Father, we thank you for this word. Glory to God. Thank you that hearts are open to receive it. Thank you, Father, uh, that you bring it back, Holy Spirit, to their memory, uh, memory, that you bring it back to to their memory. Glory to God. And they're able to eat of it and partake of it and apply it to implement it, that it becomes a flow of their daily life. Learning the ways of God. Learning the ways of God is how we experience the promises of God. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. In Jesus' name. Well, everyone, our time is up. Thank you so much for joining me for this Bible study. Have a great week. And remember that Jesus is coming soon.